You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there, I'm glad to have you with me today for another episode of Life Repurposed. This is number 113 in the Life Repurposed series. We are getting closer and closer to wrapping up this season, and I have some new things in store when 2022 launches with a new season. I'll be telling you about those soon, but I'm not going to give you a sneak peek yet today. Today, I have an interview with my guest, Megan Jackson. She's a new friend of mine from Canada who I met when she wrote a chapter in the compilation book for Life Repurposed, and today she's going to tell a little bit about her story. Megan calls herself a gentle parenting coach, and that just means she takes a gentle approach to parenting as she trains and teaches parents. She has taken her passion for bringing peaceful calm to family life, and she pairs that with her background in education to help parents become more confident and well-equipped. She has a Bachelor of Education and a Bachelor of Engineering, along with several years of teaching experience at a private school. For the past 12 years, Megan has homeschooled her three boys, building community, advocating, and organizing events and leading classes. In addition to homeschooling, she is a working mother. As a successful business owner and entrepreneur, Megan understands the difficulties that many parents go through in trying to juggle it all. Her own struggles and transformation are what led her to become a parenting coach because she desires for others to rediscover the joy in parenting. Here's my conversation with Megan Jackson as we talk about her parenting approach, but even more what God's been doing personally in her life. So even if you aren't a parent, I think you can learn from how transparent Megan is in her own personal struggle and how she's very open about what God has been teaching her. Welcome, Megan. Thank you for joining me to chat today. It's such a great pleasure to be with you. Yeah, so you're joining us from way up north. I think our accents are are pretty similar. You're in Canada. I'm in way northern Wisconsin, a couple hours south of Canada. So I love that our accents are sort of similar. Yes. <laughs> I'm a bit of a world traveler too. So my accent is all over the place. Yeah. I When I travel to conferences in the southern part of the U.S., people always say, are you from Minnesota? Or are you from Wisconsin? <laughs> they can just tell I sound like I'm from up north. So I want to know if you have a day off, and I know you're a busy mom, so this is probably a really rare thing. If you have a day with nothing to do, what is the thing you love to do when you have a free day? Um, I would be doing one of two things, either gardening or doing something crafty like knitting or sewing. Ooh, sounds relaxing. So. Knitting and sewing, are you one who likes to do that while you're doing other things like riding in the car, watching TV, like the knitting part? Yeah, if I can, I like to. Just more for relaxing. It's a sewing machine. It's a little hard to do that. Right. It's a little bit harder unless you're hand sewing. Yeah. 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 When we would ride in the car when our kids were little, I, I still do this. This is like when I have my husband's attention when he's driving. But I don't want to read a book because then I can't really talk with him. So Mm -hmm. I would crochet sometimes in the car because then I could do something while I'm talking with him and asking questions. Now, I'm an all-boy mom, and I think you are too, right? Yes. So those moments of space 
and calm and peace. How often does that come in your life? Never because I homeschool (laughs) my boys. And so they are always home. (laughs) Yes. So I imagine this last year has not really changed all that much for you. If you're homeschooling most of the time, they were home already. They were home already, except that we just lost all our social outings and things. So that was really hard for them because we, we are actually out a lot. Like socialization is a question we always get about homeschoolers. And we were out all the time at like the YMCA and different activities. They missed their friends, but we did get together with a few families. So other than that, it's been about the same. Yeah. So you write about motherhood in your chapter in the book, Life Repurposed, and there were so many things I could relate to. One was this idea of having meltdowns sometimes. (laughs) I think you talked about that in there. I would store it up for a while and then just, I had it, like I've had enough. Tell me a little bit about what it's like for you and your journey as a mom and just a little bit of like some of the struggles that you had, because we know that as much as we love our kids, it's not all roses and rainbows and unicorns, right? We want it to be, <laughs> but it isn't. It's actually a lot harder than TV makes it out to be. Movies have these cute little babies and then they're off screen most of the movie and yeah. you're stuck with them all the time. So it was a lot more overwhelming than I imagined. I discovered yeah later in life that I'm a highly sensitive person. It's one of those things I always knew, but having a name for it has made a big difference for me because I get easily overwhelmed by the noise and the chaos, which comes with three boys. And we also have had like miscarriages, stress with our businesses because we're entrepreneurs Mm. and that just adds to it often. Um, I used to store it up like you did until I am learning now to process my feelings on a regular basis as much as I can. So I can relate when you said you're a highly sensitive person. Is this something that like, is there a questionnaire or something you figured it out? Or did you just put details together? Because I think I fit that category. I put it together mostly because I was trying to figure out what was up with one of my children. And so through a lot of looking at different options and online researching, I discovered that it was an actual thing and found the quizzes for that. And in turn, I was like, that's so me. Um, So there are actual online quizzes you can do. It's not a formal diagnosis. It's more Mm -hmm. of a self-diagnosis, but there's lots of tests if you just type it in and Google it. Yeah. So there's noises that provide, you know, I think about being, uh, when I was a stay at home mom, noises of having two kids at home, there's, um, a lot of stimulation visually. So, you know, whether they're involved in playing a game and you're part of that, there's a lot of verbal interaction. So there's, you don't have to leave your house and be in a crowd of people to be overwhelmed by that. So how did you cope then with being overstimulated? I would say, again, everything has been later and helping my children. So in helping him, I was learning how to help myself. A lot of it has to do with learning some coping skills that are positive and that are going to help you relax and reminding yourself to check in with yourself often. Mm. Like even if you have to set a timer for every hour when it goes off, just 
30 seconds. How am I doing? What do I need right now to sort of bring myself down, ground myself? Um, because I'd get halfway through the day and realize I haven't had a drink. I haven't gone to the bathroom. The noise is killing me. There's some, my clothes are itchy and it's just, I'm running and running and running. So it's remembering to actually take care of yourself. It sounds yeah. simple, but you know, as a busy mom, I just, I wouldn't get to that a lot of the time. Yeah. I think other people can relate to that too. And even sometimes at work, like after yeah. my kids left home, I went to work at a busy agency where we did social media and marketing and we had an open office concept and there were people coming and going all day. There were conversations happening at a table in the corner while I was working at my desk in another spot and taking phone calls. At the end of that day, I drove home sometimes on my 35 minute commute with no radio, no sound, nothing. I just had to be alone with my thoughts. Yeah, taking breaks is another huge one that I have to make sure that I build in and not just a break so that I can run my business and get away from them. I have to build in actual breaks from everything, a lot of downtime, which is mm -hmm. a challenge, but I had to learn to make that a priority. Yeah, it sounds like you've learned to be intentional. Have you gone through a period in your life where you've had to really lean into God and trust him in a way that like, was there something unexpected that caused you to really wrestle with faith? There's been more than one time, but the biggest impact I feel was like our second miscarriage because I had the, just the trauma of what happened the first time. And we had a lot of other things going on. And now I had three boys and they were all needing me. And I was I had nothing left to give. Mm -hmm. Like I was at the end and, and there is no pause button. I still had to be a mom. Mm -hmm. I still had to yeah. get up and, and press on for them. And I, that's when I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And God was like, you don't have to, I'm here. You, that's, you need my strength. That's what you need me for. And I found so much peace in that, realizing that I wasn't alone, even in my crying. And even I love the verses where it talks about the Holy Spirit can interpret your groaning because that's what it was when you're out of tears, but you're still groaning inside. And I knew that God could hear and understand what I was trying to get through in all of that. And then working through what he believed in me like I had I felt that incredible mom guilt like fine I can't mm. do this on my own but now like am I useless I can't do this mm -hmm. anymore and there was a lot of guilt in that and God was like you don't need to feel guilty those are not true and it's amazing when you're going through something and all these different pieces in different areas of your life come together sort of all at the same time. And it's one of those aha God moments that only he can orchestrate, right? And that's what happened to me. There was like a book that was being released and I had happened to comment on their Facebook page like years ago. And they were reaching out to all sorts of different people who had connected with them, asking if they wanted a copy of the book to review. And I was like, wow. 
perfect timing. <laughs> and then there was a, a friend was running a support group at the same time, like all these different pieces came together. But the message for all of them was very clear. One was that I needed community. And the other was that so often we tell ourselves these lies. We think of them as truths. It's like that whatever is that internal dialogue that you keep repeating over and over again in your head that I'm not good enough. I can't do this. I'm not pretty. Whatever it is that you're telling yourself in your head, you believe it. And that can shut you down. Yeah. And it took all these different pieces to be like, to realize that was going on. Recognition is huge. And then fighting it intentionally. I like what you said. Like my life is now more intentional. I'm now able to stop those thoughts and recognize them for what they are and then flip them around and find scripture that is true and reinforcing myself that way. Do you have a, like, do you keep a notebook of scriptures or have you bookmarked some? How, what do you, what's your resource that you go to? I do a lot of everything, whatever is on (laughs) hand and handiest, um, just because, you know, stuff's all over the house, but I love journaling. It's not like I was a strong writer years ago, but it's just a way to get it out of my head Mm -hmm. so that I'm not continually reprocessing this. It's now out on paper and I can see it for what it is. And then crossing that out physically and writing down and researching, looking up a verse that tells me the truth. I do also have Bible apps on my phone Mm -hmm. and then I can just highlight it there. But we also put posters up around our house. I, I originally made a wall to help work through feelings and calming skills and all these things for my children. But my husband came in the family room. He's like, was that wall for them or for you? (laughs) And I was like, you caught me. It's for me too. Like I needed those reminders. So we have verses all over the house too. That's good. I like that you have that physical example of writing it down and then crossing it out because oftentimes we can identify the negative feeling or the struggle, but then we don't know what to replace it with. So I tend to come back to the struggle again instead of applying something new. So I love that you have that way of writing that down. And somebody could take that idea and they could use a chalkboard or all kinds of ways of doing that. So that's really great. You eventually turned your struggle into a ministry. How did you do that? Well, I was like, I'm at the end. And when the, you know, I had other people recognizing it too. That's when you can't hide anymore. When other people (laughs) are saying something's up, you need help. Then I said, okay, we do need to deal with this. So I did take a lot of parenting courses. I worked through all these different things and I began to notice a huge change in our family. Like we were enjoying each other again. I felt more of myself again. In fact, I think I'm a better version than I was before now. And I thought God put it on my heart. And he said, you're not the only one going through this. There's other people and they need that encouragement from you because you're coming to come alongside them and they're, relate well to them, but you've learned 
all these strategies. So don't keep it to yourself, share it with other people. And that's how that turned into me being a parent coach. Yeah. And that's really a classic example of repurposing because you took your own struggle, you found some solutions, you've basically curated content for people by filtering out some of the things that aren't so helpful. Like you you pre-approved some materials, then added your own in. And so I love that because you save people the work of having to try to figure out, now where's a good resource? What can, mm-hmm. I, what can I find? Tell me what's different about your approach compared to some of the things you found when you were searching for parenting resources. Well, there are so many parenting resources. And I mean, it depends on your approach to parenting. You'll find a wide range. What I struggled most with was in everything I was doing, God was missing because they were mostly secular resources that had that I, I like the approach. So our family is more of the gentle, positive type of parenting. And there are a few Christian resources, but I mean, very few. And so I began putting that back together and saying, I really like this approach. I get what you're saying, but where's God in this? What does he say? And maybe there's other people who want to know that. And so I've been putting God back into these resources that I found and then connecting as much as I can with others who are in the same mindset. I think for people listening who don't have kids, there's an application here too, because a lot of the resources out there for businesses, for setting goals, a lot of those are also missing that component, the biblical application, and they tend to bring us down a path of relying on myself. So I'm sensing a theme that even in your parenting and coping with sensitivity, all those things that you've, you're applying this in a way that you're relying on God. Did I gather that right? Yes. And I also, it's totally true because God is the source of just our strength and everything that we've got. And it's interesting because I even talked to a lot of people who aren't parents and they've worked through, they, you know, they follow me on Instagram or whatever. And they often comment that what I'm sharing is, is helpful in any relationship. Like it's just yeah. a parent child relationship is still a relationship dealing with feelings, emotions, communication that could be done for the workplace. I've had one dad who was working through one of my programs with his children and then actually applied it to some of his employees. Like (laughs) it's all just working on relationships, but putting God first. That's great application. If you can have something out there and people can see themselves in it, then that's a fantastic resource for somebody to have. You've mentioned that you've felt I think the word was flighty, moving from one job to the next. How did that all come together for you? Tell us a little bit about what you've had in your career path. (laughs) Everything, which is really neat how it has all come together. So I started off uh, as an engineer and then moved into teaching. And then when I had my children, I ran a home daycare and now I also do the office work for my our family business as well. So when uh, God was calling me to become more of a parenting coach, it's like all those pieces came together, all the years of experience teaching and teaching children, my experience with 
running a home daycare. And then the business side of things, actually running a business and having that technical mindset. It's just all being able to work together with the behind the scenes and technology, as well as having experience working with families and things. That's so cool. That's the repurposed life because we might think we're trying to figure out our direction. I say I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I tried all these different things. And then all of a sudden I had that same thing. In fact, I I used a cliche expression like it felt like God was connecting the dots yeah. because it did. It felt like all of a sudden there was this picture I never saw. And so it's really fulfilling to put all those pieces together and then find something where you, you find your groove. Are your kids involved in the family business? They are involved in everything we do. So our other business that we have is electrical work and they are very hands-on and interested in all of that. And even with my business that I do, one of my boys have helped me make videos and we actually ran a course together where they were teaching other children what we've been doing at home as well. That's cool. So they're going to grow up seeing this example of you guys and who knows what they're going to do with it. I've already got the <laughs> entrepreneurial spirit in them. We've got one that's uh, a little gardener and tries to sell all his plants and things already. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about how you felt when you couldn't see the purpose yet in what God was doing. When you were doing those different career pieces, how did it feel to wonder what was next? I hate it. I will just be honest. I don't like not knowing what's coming next, but it's interesting how God does things because he gives you lots of practice until you get it right. And so now I'm learning to be okay with it because you look back on your life and you see all those chances when God has been faithful. And it reminds me of the Israelites and they're always looking back and then they're saying, remember when God did this and God did that and God did this. And he always kept his promises to us. And it's so true because the first time it really hit me hard and I felt like I was floundering and I panicked and I tried doing my own thing, which made it even worse. And the next time took me a little less time to stop and say, wait a second, last time God came through at the last minute. So I'm going to take some deep breaths and hold tight. And then every time after that, when I've had to either wait on a decision or not sure what's going to happen next, I now know to just reflect back. That's why I like journaling so much. I never was a big at writing when I was a kid, but now when I write down things and I'm struggling and I'm having a really hard time, I look back. And I see, okay, I was struggling here with these things. And then the next page, it's like God answered my prayer. Or I see a recurring theme of struggle and realize, okay, maybe I should address this. Maybe that's something we need to work on. So looking back um, really is helpful for me. When did you start writing then for publication? I started a blog years ago just to communicate with uh, family members what we were doing for our kids for homeschooling and then that turned into you know I was a bit more passionate about what we were doing and I wanted to share it with others so I got into blogging um, before I started my business and would guest post on other other places and then 
when I started my business, I started reaching out to different platforms. So I've been in newspapers and magazines and TV and podcasts and all, all sorts of things. And then um, I had so much material and I really wanted to do something more, like connect with moms in a very personal way. Um, a lot of my business was just on parenting in general. And I thought, I really want something to help the moms more personally deal with themselves, not just always like, here's how to parent your kids. So I originally had put it out there and I said, look, what would you prefer to my audience? Would you rather like a Bible study or devotional? Like what, what kind of thing can, there's no point writing and then hoping someone's going to listen. Right. That's great that you're asking your audience what they want. <laughs> and then of course it was all busy moms. Like I don't have time for that. I need short and sweet. And I thought perfect because that's what I would want too. Someone coming alongside them, something short and sweet and bite-sized. Tell us more about your resource, Joyful Motherhood. Tell us about the book that did come out of asking your audience what they needed. Well, it's a reflection of our relationship with God. So we are his children. We are his daughters. And what he wants to tell you specifically, it's like, if he was sitting there hugging you and comforting you and being like, it's okay, you've got this. What would God want? He put on my heart to share with you, to encourage you as a mom. But then looking at that, now you are the mom. You have your own children. How can you encourage and support them with that same theme? So there's a bit of parenting in there as well as encouragement. Um, for moms. And there's a lot of different topics. I did organize them and I'm putting out a Bible study to go with it. But I like when devotionals aren't like all like several days of one theme and then another. It's sort of a bit of everything because then you never know what how you're feeling that day. And I love that you're doing a Bible study too. So what's next for you in your writing? Oh, I have a whole list of books I want to write. So the next one will be more... Um, on gentle Christian parenting um, because I have all those resources and the course available. And so people wanted that as a book. And then I also want to focus on helping parents and children with that as well. And uh, I've got some more devotional ideas as well. So as we wrap up, what would you like to leave with our listeners today? Just a reminder that you aren't alone. There are so many of us. This whole podcast is about um, just repurposing your life, that this isn't it. This is not the end. This is, you might feel like it today, but be encouraged and you don't have to go through this alone. Thank you, Megan, for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Since the time that we recorded the interview when Megan and I sat down, she's done some changes on her blog and on her podcast. So I want to tell you about those so that you get to the right resources. Now, I will have links to all of these in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 113 
313-985-1113. And so you can get all of those there. I will link to her website and also her podcast. So she is now Megan Jackson Gentle Parenting, and her website is gentleparentingcoach.com. And so she has all kinds of resources there where when you sign up to get her parenting freebies, she will unlock some courses and things you can go through there. Um, So there's quite a few. I would suggest that you go ahead and click on the link that I put in the notes and then you'll be able to get there. You also want to go to her podcast. And if you're looking for parenting coaching, this is a great resource. I will link to the Parenting Coach podcast in the show notes as well. And you'll be able to catch up on some of her episodes there where she talks about gentle, peaceful, and positive parenting from a Christian basis. And so that's topics she covers there. If you're not a parent, you're still going to find some of the things that she has on her blog really helpful. Because one of the things I love about my conversation with Megan is that she's also very open about her own personal struggles. And so she brings that in. It's this understanding of being a parenting coach, but also knowing that we're never too old to learn something new as well. So her old blog was called Joyful Mud Puddles, and you may have, um, you may find some links to that out there somewhere, but this is the new one. And so I'll update all of those links and you'll be able to get to her latest content. Her books are going to be there. She has all kinds of things. So go ahead and check out the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 113. Thanks for listening. I will be back next week with another solo episode. We haven't had one of those in a little while. I would encourage you to join the Facebook community because this is a place for you to connect with people in a positive way over the topics that we talk about here on the podcast, but also just in some general life connections. So if you're looking for something positive and uplifting, I encourage you to find the Life Repurposed community. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.